Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, it's including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's bleav five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Duncan had it, they turned it over. alley back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Hello and welcome back to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke, and I'm sitting here with Doug West. Now, Doug, it's been a couple of weeks since we talked. There's there hasn't been a lot of a lot of wolves news going on. How has the lull in the NBA summer been for you? And and how are you doing today? Well, the lull, and I'm do- first off, first off, I'm doing great. Um, the the temperature in Philadelphia has finally gone under a hundred. Um, That's good. First time in first time in ten days. So. It's going to be a nice, a nice weekend. So that'll be, that'll be the first thing. Um, as far as basketball, uh, you know, the, the news, you know, as far as uh, the Timberwolves and everything, you know, with me being in Minnesota, I don't get much of that, uh, you know, off the, off the airways uh, right away. I got to, you know, look it up, but here in Philly, you know, talking about Kevin Durant coming to Philadelphia now. So yeah. it's, I mean, you know, this, this off season of, uh, Craziness is what I what I look at it. How I look at it um, is just continuing to stay crazy. Yeah, and I that's the thing is like the Wolves haven't had much news. I know they brought in like someone from the Nuggets yesterday as like uh, this. He'll be the GM for the the G League team and stuff. Um, don't know how much that really does affect what the Wolves are doing, but that's pretty much been the only news for for a couple weeks now. Um, there is some NBA news, like you said, the Kevin Durant thing, there keeps being rumors of now Philly Boston remains a big right. one that keeps getting brought up. Kevin supposedly saying he'd like to play with Marcus smart. Um, the Philly one's interesting because that would put him right back with James Harden, which <laughs> I guess, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I don't even know what a trade package. I suppose it would be like Tobias Harris would have to be like the money piece to make that work. I don't, I don't know if that's really, I wonder yeah, well, what kind of truth is behind that. Well, they're talking, um, Tobias Harris, Maxi, Maxi's the, the one like the, that the, blue the, chip the fans, the fans are going absolutely crazy about. They don't want to yeah. lose uh, Maxi. He's a, he's a, he's a centerpiece here right now, but, uh, Harris, Maxi and, uh, Thibault. So, you know, those, those three players, but yeah, of course, Tobias would be the money piece. Um, and it's, it's, you know, again, just more, more talk radio. It's just, uh, and I, that's, I love it. So it's, uh, yeah. it's good stuff. All right. Well, let's today, we have some questions that we found on 
some, well, I actually put out a tweet asking for like, what's the biggest question surrounding the Timberwolves that you have for the season. And I got like 50 something responses. I whittled it down to seven or eight. Um, I might go out of order with how I, I sent you these. So I hope that doesn't mess you up too much. Oh, well, hey, never. I want to talk about question, this question. I want to talk about first and, and maybe you can go back to your playing days to kind of get some insight on this. But the question was how much time will it take for the team to gel on the court and find some chemistry? And I, and I don't know, like I've never played at a high level where like the roster has been changing like so often. Um, but I would assume there is an adjustment period and it's probably different depending on play styles and stuff. But what's your opinion on that? How long do you think this Wolves team will take to adjust to each other, playing with each other um, and gelling on the court? Well, I think, uh, you know, when I first looked at the question, you know, I, the fir- my first thought was, were these guys able, you know, some of the, the core guys, were they able to get together in Las Vegas uh, during the summer league? And uh, just, you know, just just play a little ball with each other just, just to see how how each other plays. Um, so that was my first my first thought. And then, you know, really digging into it and thinking about it. Um, I say it's going to take anywhere from 15 to 25 games. Um, you know, you look at that first that first uh, quarter of a quarter of games. And I think the biggest part of it is um, availability. Um, you know, are, are, are the players able to, you know, stay out of the off the injury report um, and have that opportunity to play together? Because the coaching staff's going to have to, you know, they have a, an idea of how they want to play. But, you know, putting the players together, it's going to take time to see them gel, um, to see them running different sets, to see what sets work, um, you know, and then to, to play. You know, I don't know. It's maybe what's it four, four or six exhibition games now, and then and I think they to have get in four preseason, four games. exhibition games now, and then and then to get into the season and, and be able to, you know, have have you know those games where you have a blowout and have those tight games, uh, you know, those opportunities to work on certain things and to see when it all clicks. But I think the 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 most important factor here is is the health of the team. Yeah, and I think talking about availability and health and new players, you go back a few seasons ago when D'Angelo Russell got traded here, like Carl Anthony Towns got injured. D'Lo didn't play right away. I think he missed like the first one or two games after he got traded. And I think they only played like three games together that year, two games together that year. And then COVID came and shut the league down. So there's all these questions about, you know, how do these guys even look playing next to each other because they, they weren't available. And I think there was like 12 games after the trade, but I think cat only played in like two or three of them. So, excuse me, we really didn't know what that duo could look like. And obviously this is a larger scale because you have a much better player coming in Rudy O'Bear, but you also have better talent around him. What I think is interesting. And I kind of agree. I think it will probably take 15 games to really, that doesn't mean they're going to go. Oh, and 15 to start the season. Like they have enough talent to get some wins. Um, but to actually see what you truly do have and to maximize that talent is going to take a while. I wonder, though, if some of that will be the potential losses will be kind of waning because of the fact of like the element of surprise of like other teams trying to adjust playing against a team that has two bigs that are so, so good, you know, and will that help them in the transition because other teams aren't going to know necessarily how to guard them. 
Um, I think that might play some factor in the success in the early part of the season for the Wolves. Yeah, I think, I think that as well as that other team also adjusting their lineup um, to combat uh, what the Wolves are doing. And now the Wolves having to figure out how to, how to play, how the rotation works off the bench, um, you know, Team decides to go small. How are we really going to counter it? Team as team decides to go with five shooters on the court. How are we going to combat that? Um, so there's going to be you know those those uh, those those moves that happen on on both sides. Um, and you know you're, you're you're figuring out your your depth. You're figuring out you know how many guys are we are we really going to play? Are we you know early on? Yeah, we're going to give you 10, 11. But as as we all know, the season progresses and it comes down to eight players. So trying to get those, those eight players um, in your rotation and getting those guys um, familiar with each other is, is, is very important. Yeah. And the other thing too, is what the schedule really does look like to start out the year. Are you trying right. to adjust against the top dogs? Like, are you playing the Warriors right away? Are you playing the Celtics right away? Or are you playing more of the middling teams? Maybe you're playing like the magic and the Pistons and that those teams that aren't necessarily on your level talent wise and, and what kind of good that does to give you, um, some ideas of what you're doing. I mean, if you go out and play the magic and you just dominate the magic, then maybe you're feeling good. And then once you play a, a better team, you realize, <laughs> okay, maybe we have uh. some kinks to work out too. It's all going to be fascinating. The schedule hasn't been released yet. I would assume it gets released in the next week or so. Usually it is released sometime around the first or second week of August. So I would think it's coming soon, but, uh, we don't know for sure. There's no set timetable on that. They're probably waiting for Kevin Durant so they can figure out <laughs> what team he's playing for and what yeah. what we can put on TV. <laughs> Who can go play on Christmas Day on ESPN? Um, but yeah, I think that's a. I think that was a great question to kind of consider when you think about like star mm-hmm. play. We think about it all the time. Players like oh, now you got Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant. They're all in Brooklyn, and then you just never really saw what happened to those teams because. They have to adjust to playing with each other. They also struggled with the injury stuff and they didn't get to play and among other things, um, didn't have like a lot of time in the court. So I think it'll probably take, you know, a good quarter of the season to truly right. see how these guys can gel, which is hopefully you're good enough to, you know, get through that, you know, a little bit above 500. And then maybe once you get to your stride, you can um, play better down the stretch. But I think that was a good question. Yeah. Yeah, 12 and 8, 14 and 6. That's, you know, it looks good. <laughs> Let's go to the next question. I'm going to jump to is the bench shooting slash spacing good enough for like a playoff run? Like, do they have enough shooting outside of their main guys to, you know, make some noise in the playoffs when you get there? Because that is an important factor. Now, the bench minutes go down once you get into the postseason, but the same time you're going to need someone to come in and do that. And you lost Malik Beasley now, who is one of the best shooters in the league. What are your thoughts? Bench shooting slash spacing. Good. Ooh. Um, you know, as, as I look through the, the bench, uh, what's coming in, what's, you know, what's listed, uh, you know, for next year. Um, right now, uh, Brian Forbes is the best shooter um, coming off the bench. Um, you know, a guy who averaged eight points a game um, uh, throughout his career um, as up to this point right now. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't really see the, the, the shooting, um, the numbers, you know, looking at, at, at 
the guys who are coming in, the, the, the percentages don't, don't show that this is going to be a knock, a, sh- a knockdown shooting team. Um, I think we're still missing that player. Um, I think we're still missing that player that that's just able to, to make shots. Now, again, Forbes may come in and, and show us, you know, with the opportunity to, to get a little more time and to get, you know, some more looks because you have guys that are going to be creating, uh, creating help. Um, if he can knock down shots, I think that'll be good. You know, we got, we don't know how an Austin Rivers is going to play um, coming in. Uh, we really don't know how the bench is going to, to fare out. Um, but right now looking at it, um, I don't see, I, I see the t- time for the bench. Um, I know that the bench is, is very um, crucial, very critical in the, in, in the, in the, in the season. Um, but I'm just not seeing it right now. Just not yeah. seeing the, the, the knockdown shooting or the spacing. I think the biggest thing with, with the spacing of the bench, obviously, like you said, Bryn Forbes is a guy that can shoot the ball really well, but the, the problem is that's kind of all he's good for. Like, right. And he's not going to provide you the defense that you need to probably stay on the court in the playoffs. Um, Torian Prince is a good three point shooter. I think he'll be solid off the bench. I think the one thing is too, is spacing. Isn't necessarily just three point shooting, like right. getting to the basket and creating open shots for others is a part of that. Also Jalen Noel will help with that, but it, it also depends on who are your eight that are in your you know, your rotation when you get to the playoffs. One thing I think to combat, like the struggles of the shooting is if you can get above average shooting seasons from like D'Angelo Russell or Anthony right. Edwards with the starters. Um, Cause as when you get to the playoffs, if you have those guys shooting the ball, well, they're playing a lot of minutes, then it right. doesn't necessarily matter quite as much, but you have, I mean, D'Angelo Russell isn't necessarily a great three-point shooter. He's a good three-point shooter, but if he had, say his best season and he shot 38% from three, that would really help combat the lack of shooting on the bench. But also the bench isn't necessarily set for next season. You could make a trade. Um, you could end up making a signing. Someone could end up improving as a shooter too. You never, you never really know. But at this point I do, that's probably the biggest worry I have for the Timberwolves outside of like those big questions of like, can Cat and Rudy play together? Those types of things. I think the bench shooting is one that uh, definitely needs to be addressed if the Wolves have any hopes of making some true noise in the playoffs. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, it has to be addressed. But I also agree with what you said with uh, D'Lo and Ant. Um, you know, if 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 they are shooting the ball, um, you know, and I expect them both to have uh, pretty pretty strong years. But if they're shooting the ball and knocking down shots then that, that really takes away from that quote unquote bench scoring um, because, you know, you only have so many guys that can score the ball. Um, there's only one ball we're playing with. Um, and, you know, Ant's going to be looking to get his, Cat's uh, going to be looking to get his. Um, so, you know, being able to share the ball and guys being able to play their roles, you know, like I said, Forbes role could be perfect, you know, catch and shoot, um, get some wide open looks and just uh, continue to make them. Um, you know, you mentioned Torian Prince, uh, you know, another, another guy who could knock down shots. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the, how the lineups go and, and where they are during playoff run. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. And the, the idea that we can assume the wolves are going to make the playoffs and that these questions <laughs> matter is, uh, one that we're it's not awesome. used to. So that part is for sure fun. Next question that I have is, will D'Angelo Russell be able to get back to his level of play from when he was in Brooklyn. Now, when D'Angelo Russell was in, 
I assume they're talking about the year that Brooklyn um, made the playoffs. D'Angelo Russell was a key piece in that team. Um, I think he averaged, I got it pulled up here. So he was an all-star that season. He was technically an all-star replacement, but he was an all-star. He averaged 21.1 points, um, just under four rebounds, averaged seven assists. And he shot the ball 37% from, from three. So it's his best three-point shooting year outside of, or second best three-point shooting year. His best was his first full season in Minnesota. Um, it was his second best scoring year. Um, and then his second best passing year too. I think he was almost at that level last year, to be honest with you. Now his it, shooting it, they're, was, they're, they're, the shooting was worse, the same. but when you talk about, he didn't take as many shots. So his points right. per game aren't, aren't up there. Um, but he passed just as well, if not better, he played better defense last season than he did in Brooklyn. So if he can get his three point shooting back up to like 37, 38%, couple that with still averaging, you know, seven assists. Um, and even if he's only at 16 points per game, I don't think his points per game is the most vital thing for how he plays. I think it's going to be how well he can distribute the ball to, to those around him, especially with Anthony Edwards taking a leap and Carl Anthony Towns being the player he is. So I don't think he was far off if I think he might've had a better season last year. Um, scoring wise, obviously I think is what people like look at first and like shooting percentages, but Delos passing was really, really good last year. And I think it's going to be better this year when you add in a role man like Rudy Gobert, we might see him average eight or nine assists per game because he has so many talented weapons around him and so many guys that fill in certain aspects of an offensive game. So I know you think that, what do you think? Like you think he's going to be at that level again? I totally agree with you. When I was looking through it, um, you know, looking through the question and I, and I started looking at stats it was, I came up with the same conclusion you had there. It was pretty much the same, um, you know, last year versus uh, his first his first years in Brooklyn. And again, uh, I, I think his biggest, his biggest need or the biggest need for him is to continue playing the way he is. And he just has to pick it up on a defense event. Um, you know, late in those games, uh, in the playoffs, uh, when we needed him to, you know, defend or to create uh, for his teammates, he has to be able to do that. And um, I think bringing Rudy in, being able to get into some of those pick and roll situations, uh, surrounding the court with with shooters, um, a guy who can finish at the rim and he can finish at the basket as well, just helps him. Yeah, I, I'm excited for what D'Angelo Russell will look like on this team. We A lot of people had questions about it. And then when the Rudy Gobert trade happened, it seemed like a lot of people feel better because D'Angelo Russell is someone who thrives in a pick and roll type of offense. And when he can do that with Rudy Gobert, I think it's going to be, you know, something that really benefits his game. Um, Like I said, I don't know if he's going to be a 20 point per game score, but I don't necessarily care if that's, that's his game. I want him to shoot the ball better than 34%. 34% was a struggle last year. Um, If he can be 36 or 37, that would help a lot. But the biggest thing is going to be the playmaking. I think, I think also he has to be uh, more consistent throughout the season um, with what he's doing. I mean, he, you know, he had those stretches where he was awesome and then he falls off for, you know, five or six games there, but if he can keep it consistent throughout the season, I think that that helps everything. Yeah. And I, that was the biggest struggle. Obviously we saw him even in the playoffs when in that play in game against the Clippers, he was fantastic. And then in the Memphis series, he, he really wasn't great, especially that last game. So consistency is going to be a big thing. Um, Hopefully we can see that from him. Hopefully he has a healthy year again. 
last year he played 65 games. Hopefully you can get him to play that many, if not more games. And, and maybe that'll help with the consistency factor as well. But I, I expect him to be around the same level of player he was. I, I don't think he's going to be an all-star. I think the all-star thing was Brooklyn was a fun team. Um, they needed somebody to replace an injury and DeAndre Russell was having a good season. They put him in there. Um, so I don't think he's going to be an all-star, but I don't think that means his season will be worse than it was when he was in Brooklyn. Let's go to, since we're talking about all-stars, oh, I'm just going to jump. How many oh, all-stars boy. will the Timberwolves have this coming season? They have two players. Well, I guess three players who have been all-stars in their career. We just talked about D'Lo. Um, and then Carl Anthony Towns is a three-time all-star and Rudy Gobert is a three-time all-star maybe. Something like that. They both have a few all-star both, appearances. Yes. And then there's some 21-year-old guy named Anthony Edwards who appears to be knocking on the door of the all-star conversation already going into his third year. What do you – it's tough to have multiple all-stars. You have to be a really good team. Um, who do you think you could see realistically making the all-star game and and how many you think the Wolves could actually end up having? Oh boy, this was a this was one of those tough ones because when I wrote it down and then I looked at it and I went back and I wrote and I put down two players, um, and Anthony Edwards being one, and I I, I think it's it's going to be hard. <laughs> I I just have this feeling it's going to be Anthony and Rudy, um, and you know that that takes cat out of that equation, but him moving positions, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how, how, it, how it plays out. I think it's really the tough things going to be when you look at the NBA and you look at positionally wings are right. loaded wings and guards are a loaded class. So it'll be, it'll probably depend where Anthony Edwards is, you know, located like what's his status i think he's going to be a guard considering in the starting lineup he probably is going to be, be a guard. the shooting yeah. guard so i mean when you're talking about like western conference guards you have steph curry john morant uh andrew wiggins made it last year i don't know if that would happen necessarily again but he did play really well last year devin booker made it last season luka Doncic. uh there's a lot of players donovan mitchell made it last year um, DeJounte Murray, but he now moved to the Eastern conference. We don't know what's going to happen with Donovan Mitchell. Um, Chris Paul made it last year too. So there's a lot of really good guards in the Western conference, but there's also a lot of really good front court players. And if Carl Anthony Towns is going to be considered a center, if he's going to be a forward, like you mentioned, then he's battling with guys like, I mean, Draymond Green's going to be a forward. And we all know that his impact has made him an all-star multiple times in his career. His own teammate, Rudy Gobert, is a forward in the Western Conference. Then you have, like, or I guess Giannis is Eastern Conference, but LeBron, Anthony Davis coming back and should be healthy. Um, What position is Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, he's going to be a forward (laughs) as well. So I don't know. Uh, I think it'll be tougher for Cat to make it than than Rudy unless Cat gets that center and forward designation, which I think he technically was a center and a forward last season. Okay. But if he's playing, I don't think he'll be exclusively a forward on the Wolves roster because I think he's going to play a lot of minutes, not a lot, but a chunk of minutes without Rudy Gobert. Uh, But yeah, if he doesn't get the center designation on the all-star ballots, it's going to be really tough for him, for him to make it. Um, So I think that's something that you don't necessarily think of. And that doesn't mean that you can't 
I mean, the Wolves might have three all-star level players on their team. Right. Uh, but you, you know, it all comes down to the voting. I would say they have two. I'm not necessarily sure who those two are. Um, I think Ant's going to be an all-star, especially if you do. I mean, DeJounte Murray moving over to the Eastern Conference is going to help. If Donovan Mitchell ends up getting traded to, say, the Knicks, that would open up another spot to Chris Paul's a little bit older. You know, he didn't have a great playoffs. Maybe he is starting to decline a little bit. Maybe that's another spot that opens up. Um, but yeah, I, it's going to be tough for any of those guys to make it. I would True. say the wolves are going to be good enough in the regular season to have at least one for sure. All-star. Um, but I would say they have two. And my guesses would probably be cat and ant. I think Cat will get the center designation just because he will play a chunk of his minutes there. And I think that he should have a good enough season to, to get that all-star nod. I wouldn't be shocked if the Wolves, say, do have a great regular season. They end up with 56 wins and they're the two or three seed, you know, and maybe there's some injuries to some key players where they could. I see a route to where they could have three, but I don't think it's something to expect nor be disappointed in if it doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't think you should be disappointed if it doesn't happen. And I, and I just think that, you know, the ant, the ant thing is he, he blew up on the scene last year, um, blew up through the playoffs, and he's, he's out there now. He's, he's in the mix. He's in the NBA talk. Uh, you know, reporters are talking about him. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back this, this season. Um, and, uh, you know, some, some, he has some big things ahead for him, hopefully. Yeah, and so let's keep on the Anthony Edwards train. Somebody asked, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> does Anthony Edwards make an all NBA team and which one does he make? So obviously there's only 15 players that make all NBA. What do you think? Is he I mean obviously he hasn't played. This is all pre- not predicting but like speculating what's going to happen. Right. Do you think he has what it takes to make an all NBA team and which team do you think he potentially could end up falling on? Um, I do think he has the ability to make an all NBA team. I don't think it's going to happen um, this year. I think it's going to be maybe two to three years down the road. Um, and I think he can, could be a third or second team, second team player, um, you know, really depending on how his development continues. Uh, you know, he's, he's shown great development from year one to year two. Now let's have that development go from, from two to three and see, see where he's going. I mean, like I said, I mean, he, he has all the intangibles. He can shoot the ball. He can play downhill with the ball. Um, he can pass the ball. He can rebound the ball. He can defend. Um, it's just a matter of you want to become that complete player that you're doing it every time you step on the court. And it's, it's just hard to really say that he's not one of the best players in the league. Yeah, and I, I agree with, uh, with that. I, I could see him potentially making one this season if the Wolves are, you know, at that level where they are you know, a top three seed in the Western conference. Um, especially if Carl Anthony Towns isn't going to qualify as a center, then, you know, get feels like a top three team needs someone to be on the all NBA team. Um, but that isn't like necessarily always true. When I'm looking at the guards that were all NBA team members last year, Devin Booker and Luka Doncic were on the first team. John Morant and Steph Curry ended up on the second team. Chris Paul and Trey Young run third team. So when you think about those six players, Four of them are young and still getting better. When you talk about Trey Young, John Morant, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, those guys, right. players that are not, they're still in the upswing of their career, entering their prime, um, or some aren't even entering their prime, which is crazy because they're already 
So good. <laughs> then Steph Curry just won finals MVP. Chances are he won't fall off so much that he won't end up on an all NBA team. He's pretty much going to be an all NBA player until he either really regresses or he retires. And then Chris Paul is the one that I could see falling off of that team. So it really looks like, um, you know, there's really only one spot that opens up assuming those other guys all uh, play at a good level. And there's other guys around the league too, that are also deserving of being on a team like that. So uh, he'd have to do, he'd have to have a really great season. I think there's a small chance he does end up on an all NBA team, even this season. Um, But I don't, I wouldn't put any money on that. And if it does happen, I I think it would just be sneaking onto that third team. Um, But again, not something I think you should expect nor be disappointed in if it doesn't happen. Uh, But to have him in that conversation, I think he's going to be in the conversation this year where he does get at least a couple votes for that. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a, that'd be a big step for, for him and for the wolves too, because that means the wolves are a successful team um, as well. Yeah, it's definitely trending in the in the right direction. Yeah, and there's other guards I didn't even mention. I mean, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard <laughs> did not get mentioned. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, those guys were on the Paul LMA George. team the year before Paul that. Paul George. Yeah, Paul George. He. It depends I mean, with him because he's weird because he can like guard forward, but he has played right. a lot of shooting guard with Kawhi Leonard being their small forward. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot of guys. James Harden's another guy that wasn't on the team um that definitely could be too so there's a lot of guys um he'd have to beat out but if he's in that conversation then you know he's having a fantastic season which also probably means the wolves are are doing not too bad for themselves as well what do you let's see i got two more questions this one we've kind of talked about um it was can carl anthony towns keep up with the higher tier power forwards um when you think about power forwards in the nba now, I assume they're talking about like the Pascal Siakam type players. Um, trying to think who else is playing power for it. Maybe Tobias Giannis. Harris. Giannis. Yeah, Giannis. that's another one. Um, that one will be interesting. I'm interested to see how the Timberwolves match up with the Bucks when it comes to Brooke Lopez and, and Giannis. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Rudy guards Giannis and Cat guards Lopez um, simply because. Giannis isn't the biggest threat is not him shooting the three. It's so maybe, downhill. maybe you just kind of play drop with Gobert and just, if you want to dare, I mean, Giannis can knock down mid range shots. He's improved every season at doing that. Um, but taking away his best skill, which is getting downhill and getting to the basket. Maybe that's the route you go. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm interested to see what, what that matchup really looks like. That's one that I was really thinking of where it's, not necessarily two bigs because Giannis is so skilled, but two really unique power forward center combination that the Wolves have to try and guard with their own unique power forward and center combination. Yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. Um, and I, and I think you know if 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 Cat's able to contain just contain players and contest shots, um, you know I think he'll be he'll be fine. You know, but you do have those those matchups. I, I never thought of. Rudy stepping out and guarding Giannis until you just said that. So that's, that's an interesting one, but it's going to be also a situation where the other team looks to, to get cat into some, you know, pick and roll situations with the pick and pop guy. And, 
you know, are, are we able to cover on the backside and, and be able to help each other out? So it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. I think, I think he'll be okay though, as far as long as he can just keep people in front of him, contest shots and, and we, and we are able to clear the boards and, and move the ball down the court. Yeah. The other thing too, is I wonder what, you know, what you're going to, Draymond Green's going to be another power forward. Now, offensively, he's not a player you worry about necessarily right. driving past you. He's more of a guy that's going to facilitate for others. Um, but I would consider him one of those high tier power forwards. Um, the Celtics, if yeah. they go a route where they have Jason Tatum at the four, that would be interesting. Right. But they last year played with Al Horford and Robin or Robert Williams. Um, that matchup, I'm not too concerned necessarily about those guys. I'm more worried about obviously Tatum, Brown. Um, driving to the basket, I'm trying to think did, who else. Did Cat guard Jaron Jackson during the playoffs? Um, yes. Well, it kind of it was interesting when Stephen Adams would play versus when, it's, right? But yeah, it, it, that's another one. He's he's a great example of Cat guarding him, and then do you put Gobert lurking around the rim if they do right. run Adams out at the center too? If Cat can keep up with Jackson, I think that one might be a little bit tougher, but I. I'm not too worried about that. Nicholas Batum is one I'm interested mm-hmm. in. If he is starting for the Clippers this year, um, what that looks like trying to guard him because he's more of that. It's kind of like a small forward, but he's just a little bit beefier right. than a small forward. Um, Aaron Gordon's going to be one that's interesting when you talk about the yes. Nuggets. Nuggets. Um, yes. Him playing the four next to Jokic will be will be another thing that I that one's going to be a big challenge too. If the Nets have the if Kevin Durant still is on the Nets, you know, cat <laughs> having to guard Kevin Durant, or maybe, you know, you stick if you don't put him on Kevin Durant, if they run a lineup of like Kyrie, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, like a weird lineup like oh, that. Right. That would look really interesting. Do you put Jada McDaniels on Kevin Durant and then Cat has to guard Joe Harris, like chasing someone around for threes? Like that one would that. be really interesting we don't know if that's going to look like that at all we don't know where kevin durant's gonna end up but those are the teams that are that are interesting to the suns whoever they put out at the four if it's crowder cam johnson those guys will be interesting too so i don't know it's like it's kind of weird to to think about those lineups but that's what we said we have to see what that looks like we can't really assume um how it's going to look until we really see him do it for a little bit i a lot of people assumed he wouldn't look good last season playing so high up at the level in pick and roll defense. And he did a really good job of that too. So maybe he'll be better than people expect, or maybe he, maybe he won't. Um, I don't know. It's that's probably, like I said, the biggest question that is surrounding the team this season. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, it's a, it is an adjustment. I mean, you have to go out on the, out on the perimeter and, you know, you know, some of those guys that you just mentioned, you know, they are, they are, you know, those stretch fours, but they're, we're looking at six, eight, six, nine, guys who can shoot the three, but also put the ball on the floor. Um, and that's, that's where, where, you know, it starts getting a little concerning. Um, you know, he's closing out to these guys. Um, are they able to, you know, if they're making shots, you got to get there sooner. And then them going around him and then getting into scramble mode on a defensive end. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it happens. Yeah. And there's a couple other people we didn't mention, like Christian Wood on the Mavericks will be interesting. John (laughs) Collins on the Hawks will be interesting. I'm just excited to see what it looks like. I think it'll be, I think it'll be good enough would probably be my prediction, which might not be what people want to hear, but that's kind of 
all I really have. Um, <laughs> the next question, which is our last question on the list. Um, there's a lot more questions that were asked. Some were funny, like where's the championship parade route going to be? Um, that one, I don't know the answer to. <laughs> Let's look at, this is one I'm most excited about. How big of a step do you expect from Jaden McDaniels? I think that's going to determine a lot for the success of this team. So what are you expecting from, from him this season? Well, you know, hopefully, I think he was injured for a little bit last year, um, missed a few games. But, you know, if he stays healthy, um, you know, you, you first look at him, you know, as that small forward on the defensive end and just how big this team is. I mean, Gobert at five, Cat at four, McDaniels at three, Edwards at two, and, and D'Lo at one, if that's if that's the five that they throw out there. Um, you know, just him being able to disrupt, guard different positions, um, you know, being able to get his those long arms on passes and, and deflections, probably being the, the top defensive player on the on the starting starting unit. And then his ability to knock down shots. Um, you know, I think his if he continues to improve his game and he's able to knock down those those three pointers um, and those mid range those mid range pull ups, uh, it's 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 nothing um, but a, a great asset to the team. Um, you know, another guy that they can depend on. And and I don't think there will be as many rebounds to get with Rudy in there, but um, also being able to to, to rebound the basketball. Um, you know. One of the big things that we've always talked about was the rebounding. So he has to make sure he's a force, a force on there with, with, you know, him, Cat and Rudy um, clearing up the boards. Yeah. I think that that's the part that I'm kind of, I want, I won't say most like interested in finding out, but I want to see what his rebounding totals do look like next year playing the three. So I think he'll be a pretty good rebounding small forward in the league. Um, but a lot of those rebounds are probably going to be, gobbled up by cat or, or Rudy. So that will be something to watch out for, for sure. His shooting last year was not good. He shot like right. 31, 32% last season, his rookie year, he was at like 36%. If he could get back up to 35, 36, he's not a guy that's going to take a huge volume of his three or threes. You know, he'll probably take four games sitting in the corner. I'm looking forward to seeing what his off the bounce game looks like. Can he, attack space can he get to the basket we saw some really um good things with that last season um he didn't play in summer league so he couldn't grow any of that part of his game in that setting but i'm sure he's been working on his handle um on his own and with and with trainers and things like that so that's the part that i'm most interested in i'm never going to expect him to be a 40 percent three-point shooter um i don't want that necessarily to be his game but i think it's going to be important that he does that but it's i really hope he gets to a point where he can attack a closeout very well, or even run, you know, a pick and roll with the second unit or, or whatever. Uh, but just find space. I think his mid range shooting is something that's going to be really important for his game next season too, because he um, actually shot a pretty solid percentage from the mid range last season, which is something that is going to open up the door for him to get to the basket um, as well. I think so last season, he shot from three to 10 or from 10 to 16 feet. He shot uh, 53% and from 16 feet to the three point line, he shot 56%. So he really was um, those longer mid ranges. He was doing a really, a really good job of when he got to like that floater range, three feet, 10 feet, that not so good. He only shot like 36%. So if you can find that in between game 
I think it'll be really impactful. He should never be shooting a floater. With yeah, arms no. that long, with arms that long, he should be dunking the basketball on someone's head. I mean, right. that, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I was looking and I was thinking about him, uh, you know, as I was looking through this and I, I started comparing him a little bit to Rob Horry, um, you know, just with the length. Um, yeah. And, you know, but, you know, Rob was more of a, of a four, um, but a lot bigger. Know, his length, yeah. yeah, a lot bigger in the body. Right. Um, but, but, you know, he was, he got bigger as he got older. Um, right. You know, so, and, you know, Jalen's still, he's still young. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens with him. But you know, I'm looking forward to him, or I'm hoping, you know, he has a, a breakout season um, and just plays his part. Um, and if he's, you know, able to knock down shots, um, that's, that just helps out everyone. Yeah. And I think one positive to think about is his shooting. I just looked up his corner three-point percentage. So his rookie year, he shot 40% from the corner. And last season, he shot 36% from the corner. So if he can get to 39% from the corner this coming season and make that be you know, half of his three-point shots, if they come from the corner and he's shooting 39%, I think that's going to be really valuable, especially with you know Rudy Gobert pick right. and rolls and, and all of that stuff. So he's the player... I'm most excited for this season. I'm excited to watch Anthony Edwards third year jump. Hopefully that's um, really good, but Jaden McDaniels is the person that I think will have the most impact on this team or like his growth could have the most impact. If Anthony Edwards right. is good, like he was already on that trajectory where Jaden McDaniels is like, still has a lot of questions to what he can mm-hmm. be um, on offense. And if he can take a significant jump, I think that helps the team more than anyone. Oh yeah, I totally agree with you. And and that's that part right there, that piece right there, and that starting five. You know, if you can get consistency out of D'Lo, and he can make that 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 jump, um, you know, the team is the team is looking good. Do you have any other questions surrounding the Wolves that we didn't bring up? You know, do, do you have any big questions? Anything you're excited about seeing before we hop off here? No, I'm just I'm really just. Uh, excited for you know it's, it's still some time off but it's going to be exciting to see you know what Finchie is brewing up in the lab um for this team uh you know I know that offensively he has a a very good offensive mind um and to you know sit around right now um you know being able to put these pieces together talk about putting these pieces in place and then you know getting that opportunity to see them um together and, and then to to, to keep uh, tweaking, tweaking things. That's going to be interesting um, to see, to see the, the route that they're going, see where they start and how they finish. Yeah. And I, I don't know when training camp starts, but it's got to be, I mean, relatively yeah. soon. The first preseason game is I think October 4th. So we're less than two months from preseason basketball. So I'm sure training camps sometime middle of September, mid September. Yeah. So we're about wow, probably about earlier. a month, probably about a month away from, from training camp, which is going to be something I'm that feels like the playoffs just happened, but, uh, I think it'll be exciting to, it's an exciting time to be a Wolves fan. That is, that's for sure. September 24th. Okay. So we got about a month and a half until training camp starts. Yeah. I hope they're ready. Hope they're ready. (laughs) So do I. All right, Doug. Well, Thanks for coming on and thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. Doug and I will be back. If there's some news, we'll get back on. If not, we'll, you know, find a time to 
talk about something NBA or Wolves related, but like I said, training camps a month and a half, less than a month and a half away. So it is uh, an exciting time for sure. Um, but again, thanks everybody for listening to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Bet Online. I'm Brendan Hetke. He's Doug West, and we'll be back soon. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.